It's a mean age. But it is going to be a beautiful future as long as we don't f*** it up. I'm Brian McWilliams, and this is Mean Age Daydream, where I bring you unfiltered comedy, criticism, philosophy, and politics with a Mean Age Daydream. What's up, Buttercups? Welcome to Mean Age Daydream. I am hoping that my connection is going to work today. As you know, last time, if you were watching the live stream or listening to the podcast, I was having issues on issues streaming. It kept disconnecting. I still can't figure out what the problem is. I'm hoping it was just something in the Spectrum lines, like uh, an old man who couldn't get it up. Spectrum slash Comcast is an old company. Maybe their dick lines just couldn't work. Their interwebs were all stuck up with gunk. I don't really know. I hope they took an ED pill and they're feeling better. And I hope that we have no issues in this live stream. So anyway, welcome to the show. I have, uh, I'm recording on Halloween, and right after this, I got to get my costume on. I will be going as a knight, but if you want to see the costume I wore to the adult party, well, that's a treat, but you have to go to our Instagram for that. That is located, of course, just at Lions of Liberty on Instagram. You can see me dressed as a crack pipe, a shiny crack pipe with flames, hair, smoke, and crack rocks, and of course, Rico, our legal counsel, is dressed as Hunter Biden. Now, <laughs> I bring that up because it was shocking to see. I'm out in Los Angeles, as many of you know. Yes, I know. Everybody's going to say move out of Los Angeles. I'm in Los Angeles. Now, I went as Hunter Biden in his crack pipe, right? Our group costume or our team costume, because number one, it's hilarious. Number two, nobody would think to do it. And I like to do something creative. I don't, I don't like to do the generic, everybody's going to do the same costume thing. And I figure, all right, Hunter's back in the news. You know, he left that cocaine in the White House. He's, uh, he's busy negotiating with his settlements to try to get out of going to prison for these tax dodges and now his gun case. It's a good time to be Hunter again. So we go out. We go out to a local bar full of adults politically minded adults, mind you, people that are in tune with what's going on in politics. And of course, nobody knows who we are. Now, I'm not surprised. I look like Heat Miser from the old Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer cartoons or, or stop action that happened there, you know, the back in the 70s. Heat Meister, Meister Burger. So I kind of look like that on my own. But people are looking at Rico dressed as Hunter and they have no idea who he is. They can't figure it out. And we go, look at it. Okay, I'm a crack pipe. That's Hunter Biden, right? And it's, a, it's like a famous picture of him in a jean jacket, no shirt on, the cigarette dangling out of his mouth. And we go, okay, here. We brought something knowing that this might happen. Here's a clue. We made a laptop that says <laughs> crack book, like MacBook, crack book on it with a crack pipe. He opens up the, the crack book and there's a picture of him, right, of Hunter Biden sitting there with a cigarette dangling out of his mouth and posing with two Asian prostitutes. A picture that I thought everybody had seen or at least known about. The looks of shock and awe from people that just went, I, I don't know. I've never seen that. I have no idea what you're talking about. Hunter fucking Biden. Hunter, God, I cursed the beginning now. It's going to kill our algorithm. Hunter Biden. The vice president's son. I'm sorry. The, the former vice president, now president's son, who has been in so much trouble. Hey, Kyle Maddox watching. What's up, Kyle? So Hunter Biden, who is, I, would, I thought, world famous at this point. These people have no idea about the laptop, about the pictures, about anything. And we just, my mind was blown. I mean, I guess it shouldn't have been because I live in Los Angeles. But to not know anything, it shows you just how effective 
the media blackout of Hunter Biden, of the laptop, getting it, de- you know, getting it deplatformed from Facebook, from Twitter. A lot of these people are older. They're on Facebook all the time. It's annoying because that's where people invite people, you know, people like me to events now. It's on Facebook. And I have to check it to see if I'm invited to things. So these people, because that story had been blacklisted from Twitter, from Instagram, from Facebook, they had no clue. Not only that, but of course, a lot of these people are watching MSNBC or just general news coverage, which also glanced over because remember, we were told it was disinformation. And to the point where a former CIA head, and I'm blanking on his name, I I brought him up, uh, begins with a P, but pancetta, delicious. Even the CIA heads are still insisting that this was Russian disinformation. Now, Hunter, of course, has said, this is my laptop. He's actually in a lawsuit, even though <laughs> even though he says, even though he said it's his laptop, he's in a lawsuit suing Giuliani and I think the owner of the laptop repair place for a breach of confidentiality and fraud or whatever else. But in the lawsuit about this, it says that they still don't acknowledge it was his laptop. How can you sue somebody over your over a laptop with all of your personal information on it? How would they ever get it and not say it's your laptop? But regardless, the fact that all these people in Los Angeles had no clue what Hunter Biden, what these pictures were about, the entire context of what the laptop had on it shows you how effective the media blackout was. It shows you where we are as a society and why the divisiveness we experience is from a, a simple matter of living in two worlds. These people do not live in the same reality. It happened during COVID. You still see people out there, covidiots wearing their masks outside. I saw just recently uh, Jermaine Clement, who is an unbelievably talented actor, writer, musician, right? Jermaine from Flight of the Concords. You've seen him in, he was the shiny crab in Moana. Very funny actor. Was just tweeting out how he was so unbelievably grateful that the island of New Zealand had taken its steps for COVID lockdowns and, and made people get the vaccine and had shuttered people in their houses and did their lockdowns and saying, well, you know, it, it could have been much worse. If, uh, that's not a, a good New Zealand accent. <laughs> I don't even know what accent that was. He was saying it could have been much worse. And I replied, I was like, you're a fucking moron. What are you talking about? No, no, let's not forget Jacinda Arden, who, uh, who was the PM of New Zealand during this, locking people out, shuttering their businesses, completely destroying their economy, because every time one person got sick, they'd shut the entire island down. She has been ousted. So the broader population understands that what she did was not effective, was stupid. And for a, a disease where now, I thought all of us know, you know, you've got people on apology tours on Bill Maher, some New York uh, NYU professor saying that we need that, that COVID forgiveness, right? Because these people just didn't know at the time, right? And to which we reply, hell no. But I thought the broader population worldwide understood that this was a mistake, that lockdowns were a mistake. The New Yorker just had a big article about how lockdowns were a giant experiment that failed. And yet you have Jermaine Clement, a very popular actor and writer from New Zealand, tweeting about how effective it was, despite the fact that the prime minister was removed for this specific reason. It shows you the divide. People are so easily siloed now that it's just impossible to reach them because facts, figures, reality don't matter. This is why I've said long time, we live in a post-reality world, which is why what I'm doing with the Libertarian Party, in part, is working on messaging that can get through a post-reality world, aka not selling a simple black and white set of statistics anymore because they don't work. They don't work. They're not effective. People don't understand it or believe it. 
instead selling a different version of reality that goes beyond stats and figures and into a realm of belief and of faith. But more on that later. So anyway, that was my Halloween experience. I thought it was fairly interesting. Um, all right, moving on. Let's see, see how long I go on this. Probably about another half hour because I said I, I got to go trick-or-treating tonight. So funny thing on Halloween I want to talk about. SAG AFTRA, AFTRA, excuse me, who is still on strike. Now the Writers Guild settled their strike. SAG AFTRA has not settled their strike yet. They gave guidance to actors on what costumes they can and can't wear. Now, when I first heard that, I thought, okay, these assholes are going to tell them that they're not allowed to dress as a, a culture. You're not allowed to wear a sombrero. You're not allowed to do blackface. You're not allowed to whatever. You know, you dress up as a woman, though, because that's that's now considered a woman in real life. That's the danger, guys. If you go as a woman on Halloween, you're a woman now. There's no going back. I don't know if they tell you that. It's kind of like a curse. It's like a, it's like a, a, what a Stephen King novel right now would be, <laughs> considering he's such a leftist jackass. That would be the next Stephen King. You dress as a woman, and now you're a woman forever. Doo, doo, doo. Twisted Dick, a Stephen King novel. So they put out guidelines for members to, quote, celebrate Halloween this year while also staying in solidarity with the strike. <laughs> So you had, so they're telling the unions, and this is the evil of unions, right? You can't just, you can't just be in the union, right? No, you have to live and die by the union. And if you dare to break the union rules, you will be ostracized. You'll be harassed. You will be uh, persona non grata, like John Wick style. You're not allowed to go into the continental anymore and they're going to hunt you down. So they're saying you can't dress up in any television show. That is from struck content, a.k.a. Uh, shows that are currently being boycotted. Yet you're allowed to dress up as things in, say, an animated television show. And Ryan Reynolds was pretty damn funny. He actually tweeted this out and uh, I give him I give him credit. He says, I look forward to screaming scab at my eight year old all night. She's not in the union, but she needs to learn. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't know. I'm sure Ryan Reynolds is standing in solidarity, but that was pretty funny because it's so stupid. This is what getting in this unionist mentality, this all encompassing win or lose our team or their team mentality is you get rid of the gray areas. You get rid of common sense areas. You get rid of critical thinking. A critical thinker would go, what does it matter if you wear a costume from a quote unquote struck show that you happen to enjoy or that people are going to recognize it. Who cares? Is Do they honestly think that is going to in any way impact negotiations? If anything, dressing as a character from a struck show would remind people that that show is on strike. And in turn, maybe they go, you know what? I really want that show to come back. I'm angry you aren't on that show or that that show's not being produced right now. They need to end this strike. What is the problem here? Right, That's what wearing a costume from a struck show would do for an actor. But instead, they're telling them not to wear a costume from any struck shows. And somehow this is going to be making a statement. No one would even have thought about it. The only thing people are thinking about now in regards to this stupid statement from SAG telling them that they can't wear certain costumes is how asinine it is, how childish it is. This is juvenile buffoonery. And apparently these are the people that are going to be leading the negotiations. This makes me root for the studios. <laughs> the studios, while making terrible content, and we're going to talk about the South Park Kathleen Kennedy takedown in just a second, 
the studios, while making awful content, at least aren't telling me that I can't dress as their characters on Halloween because they happen to be in negotiations. God, it's fucking stupid. Oh, yeah, you can dress as generic characters, by the way, like a ghost or zombie. (laughs) Unbelievable. Let's use our collective power to send a loud and clear message to our struck employers that we will not promote their content without a fair contract. Mm, Okay. Fucking stupid. All right. So before I tell you about Kathleen Kennedy and South Park, hopefully you guys have seen it. I do want to remind you, we have a wonderful Lions of Liberty support system here to fund our alcoholism, my wonderful drug abuse. No, just kidding. But you you can't help us out. And it does mean a lot for people that are paying to listen to some of our bonus content or just because you like us. If you like what you're hearing, hey, we believe in free markets. You, you want to support what you believe in, right? So you can go to patreon.com forward slash lions of liberty or lions of liberty dot locals dot com. I get uh, you get my good morning fuckhead rants. You can get our secrets, lies and cover ups, which, by the way, I'll tease this one. I think we're going to be talking about it on the next show. And I might even bring Mark Claire back on to talk about it. Cause I know this is, I, I found out about it because he posted a video or shared a video from uh, a guy talking about the Malaysian flight. And there's this video that's going around, which support, supposedly is showing three orbs circling a plane and the plane just flat out disappears. And he gives all this rationale about how this is possible, scientifically possible through wormhole, wormhole technology and yada, yada, yada. And how the video can't be debunked. They've had experts do it. Now, I don't know if this is true or not. We'll get into it on secrets, lies and cover-ups. And of course, the last one we did was fantastic on our bonus Secrets, Lies, and Cover-Up show, only available to our paying members. We talked about the report from Iron Mountain, which, of course, laid out all these plans that have come to fruition now. It was done back in the 70s, laying out how climate change was going to be leading the way, how divisiveness and control and pitting people against each other was how to control the population, how war is necessary for nations to survive, and thus you always have to have a state of war, and here here are solutions to not having a real war that you can put into place. Check it out, guys. It would really help us out. It also pays for us to go to all the events we like to go to. All right, anyway. So back to Kathleen Kennedy. So South Park did a, I don't even know what you call it, an a, a extra long episode, a mini movie. It's kind of like the old shows. I thought Paramount Plus or Max. It's kind of like the old, uh, I don't know what they call them, like mini comms, mini shows, whatever it is. But it's about a 50-minute long episode called Enter the Panderverse, I think. South Park, the Panderverse. And it focused solely on ripping Disney a new asshole under the leadership of Kathleen Kennedy. Now, Kathleen Kennedy took over. She was uh, pivotal in getting George Lucas to sell the Star Wars franchise. George Lucas foolishly thought she would be a good good, uh, watchman over that. And he has been catastrophically wrong because all Kathleen Kennedy has done and is on record as saying the force is female, is swap out characters that were male for females, emasculate beloved heroes like Luke Skywalker, like Han Solo, like Indiana Jones, and you name it, she's she's taken them out. Uh, she destroyed Willow so badly they had to pull it off of their streaming service to take as a tax loss. She destroyed that beloved franchise. She's a monster. She's an incompetent monster. And what she has done is not only to attack the men, right? Because, you know, screw the patriarchy. Yeah, women are being held down, right? Even though women are now, uh, <laughs> the wage gap is by far bullshit. Women make more money than men if you take out the amount of time that they take off to choose various different careers or take time off for uh, raising family, et cetera. But I digress. 
It's all about finding the patriarchy, right? Which is why the new Marvel's movie was is so unbelievably terrible that it's been delayed eight times and it's probably going to be a box office bomb because nobody wants to watch this shit. It's just patriarchy blasting, uh, you know, female rah rah rahing, and also race swapping, right? Every character, as South Park points out, in every Disney film is a carry, I don't know what they call it, a woman of diversity or of diverse backgrounds. So in the episode, they have the South Park characters swapped out with women of diverse backgrounds talking about the typical shit you'd see in Disney movies, the patriarchy and how they're kept down and how men are doing whatever. What's funny in this is that Cartman, of course, is the, I guess, Cartman's an interesting character in South Park, right? Because Cartman plays a dual role of being the voice of reason and also the voice of, uh, I'd say, absurdity, of voicing the most racial, despicable aspects of society, but also functioning as a voice of reason and truth half the time. So he's a very fascinating character. And in this one, <coughs> excuse me, because he's so angry about this nonsense of race swapping characters out in every single remake that Disney does and of swapping out women for men and of, you know, as they call it out, pandering to woke leftist nonsense, he takes on the role where he actually changes places and takes over as Kathleen Kennedy's role. He, he takes her to task. He talks about how insane it is, how lazy it is. And Kathleen Kennedy has a role in this, not the real one, of course, but a voiceover. Talking about how they were given an opportunity when she took over. They found this stone, the pander stone, and they used it over and over and over again because it was easy and they're lazy. And that really hit at the core of what this is. Instead of writing new content, all Disney does is remake old, old content that people really enjoy, flipping races, flipping sexes, attacking the patriarch. Remember, they changed Little Mermaid, not only the race, but they changed Little Mermaid so that uh, the prince no longer you know, helps her out. No, she's a strong woman. She doesn't need his help at the end. Uh, I said Snow White as well, right? Snow White, which has now been delayed until I think 2025 because the response to it was so absolutely abysmal and the lead actress rachel ziegler uh was so unlikable talking about the patriarch the entire time that she's insufferable nobody could stand her so kathleen kennedy took the easy way out instead of creating new content that that people would enjoy she simply mined old content if you look at the three star wars movies that were made most recently um aka i guess were they uh nine seven eight nine right i think is the count they were just remakes of the first three, almost beat for beat of A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back. And then the last one, I guess, was probably a departure from Jedi, but still lazy writing and swapping these characters out. They're going to make, they're still pushing forward with a movie about Rey, a character who I find to be utterly boring, utterly uninteresting, the star of the latest four, you know, three films of the Star Wars universe. And it is lazy. It's the easy way out. It's it's not only lazy in content creation. It's not only lazy in intellectual property mining, but it's lazy in that it leans into the stupidest, most lowest common denominator left thought uh, processes that are running through your mainstream media, your academia. And yet she thinks that somehow these are going to be hits. Now, Disney's stock price is absolutely cratered. I mean, it keeps going down, down, down because nobody's watching the films. Nobody wants to subscribe to Disney Plus unless you're like me and you have a small kid where it's just, you know, you've got all the hub there, but I don't let my kid watch the new Disney stuff. I watch it first. And you know what? Most of the time it's pushing woke ideology that I don't want. I don't think it's appropriate. 
So I put on old stuff. We watch the older Disney cartoons. We watch the old Disney series that don't in, that aren't simply about indoctrination. I just want to see a story told well. So South Park really has stepped up their game. I love that they are still completely uninhibited. And granted, they've got fuck you money out the ass. <laughs> and they also, I should have worn, you know, talking about I should have worn my Casa Bonita shirt. They relaunched Casa Bonita. But I love that they have taken Disney to task, that this entire movement to task of simply thinking, well, we need to relaunch shows with different races and bash men in them. And that somehow is going to change the cultural zeitgeist of this nation instead of just be the blatant pandering bullshit that we all know it is. Okay. Rant over on that. Let's move on. Shall we? Let's move on. Okay. So a couple, couple more things I want to talk about here. I want to talk about, uh, <laughs> you know, let's take a quick break to show Gavin Newsom. So Gavin Newsom, as you know, I, I despise He's one of the biggest pieces of human garbage ever to walk the face of the earth. He was meeting with Xi Jinping, and I had joked that unless he's meeting with him to offer to send our rampant armies of homeless and violent youth thug groups over to China for the re-education camps, I don't understand what the point of him meeting with, with Xi Jinping is. Now, I do know that China and California have had very strong economic ties. I know this because I used to represent the Chinese embassy. I know. <laughs> It's kind of funny that a libertarian anarchist who has very much raged against China's authoritarianism had represented the Chinese embassy in Los Angeles. And by the way, they don't return my emails anymore. So I think they figured it out <laughs> after a couple of years. But I represented them for a, uh, a summit, which was the California-China Business Summit. And so I know the economic ties. Now, they had even been working on supposed green projects, right? Green construction projects, et cetera. Now, I don't think anything ever came of these things. Just a waste of time. But Gavin Newsom supposedly was over there to talk about climate issues with Xi Jinping. Now, what is it? Again, I think this is an absolute waste of time. I thought it was insulting when Gavin Newsom went over to Israel to talk about California supporting Israel as if there's anything that has to do with me and living in California that would be impacted by anything Israel's doing other than breaking my heart. But yet, Gavin Newsom's over there pandering. Talk about a panderverse. But something good did come out of Gavin Newsom going to China. And it's a video that was shared by Dave Portnoy, I think from, oh, from Colin Rugg originally. I'm going to share it with you guys. Hopefully it plays clean. Uh, and it's Gavin Newsom playing basketball against little Chinese <laughs> kids. Let me make this bigger for you. And... <laughs> So here's Gavin Newsom. He's driving the lane, right? Let me play this. They'll play it again. Trying desperately to spin a ball in his finger. Goes behind the back. Tries to dribble past the kid. Rams into him. Grabs him in a hug. And then rolls around on the ground with him while spanking him on his upper ass. It's one of the cringiest videos I've ever seen in my entire life. And as uh, Olivia Rondo, friend of mine, and uh, of course now is a great podcast with Fee or a show with Fee, she had tweeted out, this is peak Michael Scott. And it is, it is literally a scene out of the office. It's from Scott's Tots. It's everything about it. Michael Scott, if you ever see the basketball episode where Michael Scott is playing basketball, everything about this video is literally that. From the, from the unnecessary confidence to try to spin a ball to the 
absolute lack of athleticism, right? Trying to go behind the back and then falling over on a child and covering up for his embarrassment of being a complete buffoon by over, <laughs> over, uh, what do you say? Fondling this, this poor Chinese child who does not know Gavin Newsom or know who he is. This kid's got to be like, what is happening? Why is this white monster grabbing me and hugging me on the ground of my basketball court here? He just shoulder checked me. The last thing I want to do is be hugged by this child of nepotism who at some point in time has been touched by Nancy Pelosi. Kid, check your endocrine levels because I guarantee, or sorry, your adrenochrome levels because I guarantee simply being touched by Gavin Newsom has drained your adrenochrome from your body. He probably faked the tra- he probably faked the, the, the basketball move just to get close to this child. I mean, I'm sure that Gavin Newsom has been on Epstein's plane. And here he is getting a little fondling in, getting a little grooming in, in the land across the ocean. <laughs> oh, God, it's too funny. Michael Scott in action, everybody. Gavin Newsom, oh, head of the fifth largest economy in the world in California. Okay, last thing, guys, we'll wrap it up here. So Joe Biden has come out. He's done a uh, an executive order on AI. Now, I could have Kamala Harris in here to explain to you what AI is. It stands for artificial intelligence. So they issue this fact sheet. Now, if you go to Libertarian Party Twitter, of course, Angela McArdle did a nice breakdown of this that we should post it on Twitter and I'd send out to people. And, you know, if you have a podcast out there that wants to get into Angela's thoughts on this ridiculous executive order and the utter expansion of regulatory state over a uh, exploding technological, what could be, I guess, could be a nuclear holocaust for the population of the human race, or could be a great savior, a.k.a. AI could be the thing that actually gets us off of this rock and into outer space, being able to pilot us through the cosmos, et cetera. But I digress. Biden issued this executive order. Now, I'm going to hit on a couple of things here. I'm going to scroll down. But it, it, it essentially is expanding the, well, if this stands. Now, we'll see if it gets rolled back because I don't understand how, exactly how Joe Biden can even have an executive order like this because it's creating new bureaucracies that would stand in the way of companies and innovations without going through Congress, right? So it's bullshit on its face. The president should not have the constitutional authority to just create entire new regulatory bodies, similar to what Obama did with the um, Consumer Protection Agency. I think that's what they're called, which got recently, I think within the last couple down, a couple years, slapped down because it's completely unconstitutional. So he is demanding now that developers of AI systems share their safety and test results with the U.S. government. So now if you're developing AI, you are going to be, and, oh, in accordance with the Defense Production Act, okay? So of course, the war state now mandates this be shared. But you have to share any safety tests, any information with the government. So that, you know, imagine that hurdle now you have to go through. The government's now going to be looking over your shoulder at every point in time and may step in at any point in time and tell you, well, this isn't safe. We're going to have, they say they're going to develop uh, tools and tests to ensure that AI systems are trustworthy. Okay, fantastic. Now that involves the Departments of Energy, Homeland Security, and they're addressing system threats to critical infrastructure as well as chemical, biological, radiological, nuclear, and cybersecurity risks. Oh, okay. So they're essentially going to say, you have to run everything you do with AI bias. And if it's a risk to national security, well, then what's the option there? Are they going to shut you down? Are they going to take your tech? I would say the secondary option is probably what would happen. But now, 
under the amorphous banner of national security, just like all of our other rights and protections that have been removed because national security, which never has to be explained, by the way, ever. National security is the blanket catch-all for we don't want to tell you the truth about anything and we never will. National security. So under this, now your AI can be blackballed because national security risks. Whether or not it factually is or not, whether or not, what, at, what, at what stage in the testing is this? Because you have to show them all of your test results, right? At what stage in testing do they determine it's a security risk? And are you allowed to fix it? Are you allowed to, to walk it back? We don't know. Uh, let's see. Establish a, uh, oh wait, I don't know. You know this. Let me scroll down. Hold on one second. They want to go into, uh, of course, equity and civil rights, right? Because we have to have an AI system that the government develops to make sure that landlords and federal contractors and federal benefits programs are you aren't using aren't being used to exacerbate discrimination. I would I would like to see uh, the AI program that's been written specifically with like screw Indian Americans. We're going to make sure that our AI filters them out. Like it's just. It's so stupid to propose it, but yet they have to put something in here on equity and diversity, right? Because of the Democrats. And everything has to involve intersectionality and this race-baiting nonsense at some point in time. Next, uh, they have a uh, ridiculous statement, and this is the one that really pissed me off, I think, more than anything. I'll probably wrap it up at this, actually. Supporting workers, right? This is the supporting workers section. AI is changing America's jobs and workplaces, offering both the promise of improved productivity, but also the dangers of increased workplace surveillance, bias, and job displacement. To mitigate these risks, support workers' ability to bargain collectively and invest in workforce training and development that's accessible to all, the president directs the following actions. Develop principles and best practices to mitigate the harms and maximize benefits of AI for workers. Address job displacement, labor standards, workplace equity, health, safety, and data collection. These principles and practices will benefit workers by providing guidance to prevent employers from undercompensating workers, evaluating job applications unfairly, or impinging on workers' ability to organize. So they are kowtowing to unions in every fucking way here. This is a, let me blow you a kiss, you unionist fuckbags. And I'm going to make sure with my executive order, well, we're going to get in there and make sure that you guys aren't getting underpaid because AI is doing your job or a job which should be paid far less because AI is essentially taking it over, right? Which is how the market works. Guess what? That's how technology works. Every single industry has impact, been impacted by technology. I work in public relations. That's been taken over partially by AI. You can have it generate press releases, at least for templates now. Guess what? I'm on a podcast right now. Guess what's been taken over by AI? Auto-generating clips from podcasts, auto-translating clips from podcasts, auto-transcribing clips. This is how technology works. It's Okay, so is, should there be a fucking podcast camera workers union to prohibit us from having AI tech that auto-focuses my camera here because the poor camera operators need work? That's what this jackass is doing in this executive order. At least he's attempting to do. And of course, they want to produce a report on AI's potential labor labor market impacts, a study and identify options for strengthening federal support for workers facing labor disruptions, including from AI. There it is. We're going to fund a report, which I'm sure will be 100% trustworthy, right? Because reports coming from clearly politicized Democratic groups 
Democrat operative groups, which I'm sure they'll outsource to only the finest activist organizations working with hand in hand with labor unions. They're going to give us a report which will be absolutely credible talking about the threats to labor that AI creates. Guess what? We all know the threats to labor and they're huge. And when you make asinine deals, as I talked about on the show previously, like the one California made with the biggest fast food chains, Wendy's, McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, whatever they might be here in California, the workers or actually the workers unions had said, you got to pay us more money. We want $20 an hour, which is absurd. That's money you pay somebody that actually has a skill. They made a deal for $20 an hour for fast food workers. And as I stated, this is the death nail for those workers because they will be replaced by flipper robots. I invested in a company. I'll tell you the company. This is, I'm not giving you investment advice, by the way, legal, you know, legal indemnity, especially since Joe Biden now is talking about how retirement people have to, he wants to make a new rule that if you have a retirement comfy or fund, right? Then you're, you're advising people. Well, you can't give them advice that only benefits you. It has to benefit them as if you can fucking prove that. How are you going to prove it, Joe? How are you going to prove that these people intentionally fucked over their clients in order to put it in a fund where you can't predict the future? That's what investing in stocks is. It's gambling, dickhole. You can't just make up a rule that if people get burned gambling, that the person who sells them the stock or gives them the chips to put on the table somehow gets screwed by. It's so stupid. Anyway, this report is 100% going to say that the government has to step in to protect workers' jobs because AI is going to destroy everything. And guess what? AI is going to take a lot of jobs, as I stated. But guess what else? This has been happening throughout history. It's never going to stop. AI is going to replace a lot of jobs. Then you have alternate economies pop up with other jobs, other labor that either services the AI, works in tandem with the AI, or does something brand fucking new that AI has now enabled us to do technologically or in a category of the industry and economy we haven't been able to do before. Maybe it's making spaceships. Maybe it's designing, uh, you know, flying cars. And now the AI, we have the technology through AI to enable us to have flying cars where now with AI can navigate through the sky, not have to worry about everybody bashing into each other. Guess what? Someone's got to make the chips. Someone's got to make the cars. Someone's got to figure out and maintain the systems. You need people to do that. That's what happens. People migrate. Jobs are reconsidered. People move around. You learn something new if your industry is failing. The worst thing we can do is prop up another failing, stupid-ass industry for a, a lengthy amount of time because we want to protect workers' jobs instead of saying, and then Steve says, okay, you help with job training. I don't think the government should be doing that. Companies that create the new workers, the new, the new industries, will train people for that job, by the way. In a new industry... Where everybody has to be trained, you'll have a training program. We don't need the government to do it. But to the point, this is unnecessary, stupid, cronyist union garbage. <sighs> and then promoting, you know, promoting fair and open competition and AI system. Get the fuck out of here. Get out of the market. I don't want you taking any part in the marketplace because all the government does when it gets involved in any marketplace is destroy it, is kill innovation, is hamper people being able to get it done. As we said, just the regulatory body existing that you have to go through for safety and security for AI is enough that's going to kill off half the companies that are going to try to do anything anyway. Half the entrepreneurial companies, half the people that are going to come up with new ideas are going to say, you know what? Fuck it. I don't want to deal with it. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, government. <laughs> oh, and we've got expanding American leadership abroad too, because, you know, we got to expand uh, our leadership abroad in AI. It's just, 
it's just everything you could hate about a government interference in a marketplace is summed up in this executive order. I pray somehow, some way that this is going to go away, be uh, eviscerated. I don't think it will, though, because AI scares people. I've said on, on record, I've been scared by AI and what the potential is. If it gets out of the box, there is potential there for danger. But at the same time, I don't think the government getting involved and trying to hold the walls of the box shut is going to be effective either. Because guess what? If the war on drugs or the uh, or gun gun limitations or crime rates, you know, skyrocket, everything we've done to try to fight crime have been any indication, or, oh, by the way, or our, our constant state of war to keep us safe at home, right? If any of these are an indication of the government's ability to keep things inside of a box, that box is going to be fucking flat out on the ground. Pandora's up there, I don't know, pissing in your ear ASAP. I'd rather the free market figure it out. I'd rather you'd rather have an Elon Musk figure out the best AI technology to counter a negative AI technology. That's the best way to do anything. As I, I can't remember if I said on this show or not, there was a debate between God, it might've been Dave Smith and Moldus. Oh God's his name. Goldbug. Moldus Goldbug. God, he has some stupid nickname he goes by. But Goldberg was arguing that somehow that, you know, there's no way that if you've got these different forces, you know, pulling on everything and you don't have government intervention there to stop it from falling over, that, that someone's going to win. It's going to be pulled over. My counterpoint, which nobody made, but I was thinking about is in the marketplace, if you remove all the chains and all the barriers and all the regulations, right, that people are scared of removing. The idea here is that you've got this pillar and everybody is pulling at the pillar from all sides all the time. Now, those of you out there that know things about physics, if you've got all forces, equal forces, pulling on something from all sides at one time, it cannot fall over. It says nowhere to go. The force is equally distributed. It stays upright. This is the stability of the free market. This is the stability of a non-government interference model is that it is vastly more stable. Everything that people talk about when they talk about libertarianism failing, the failures of libertarianism, right? How we can't remove these things because they, what, what would happen? Anarchy would happen. Oh my God. No, every single thing, every organization, every agency that is put into place, every governmental bureau that exists has altered and made the marketplaces or our lives or our economy less stable. Look at the bubbles that constantly pop. Look at the wars that constantly pop. Look at the drugs that are constantly you know, wrecking our society because they're not legalized, because they're in the shadows, because there's no, no one to actually have them out in the open to test and say, here's the quality product. No, the stability is in the marketplace existing where everybody is pulling at all times to keep it in equilibrium. All right, that's it. I got to get ready to be a Halloweener. Guys, thank you for listening. I am, of course, Brian McWilliams. This is the Lions of Liberty Network. You can subscribe to not only my podcast, Mean Age Daydream, if you want to hear the solo show. You can listen to John's Monday podcast, Finding Freedom, and, of course, our Friday podcast, Meme Wars. You get all three of those on the Lions of Liberty Network. If you don't mind, guys, please hit the subscribe button on your podcatcher. Go to YouTube. We're still shadow banned to shit on there. It's ridiculous. You have to hit the notifications button to get our content, or else it will be hidden from you. Same thing, we're on Rumble. Please check us out there as well. And you can support us at Patreon or Locals. All right, that's it. For me, Brian McWilliams from the Lions of Liberty Network and from Mean Age Daydream, keep those electric eyes on me, babe, and keep that ray gun to my head. Happy Halloween. Ow!